guess what? There's some real hypocrisy going on with the NFL with this gambling story. In the NBA, LeBron James, a historic 56. The Lakers snapped their four-game losing streak. Here's the thing, though. Coach Frank Vogel, only a 15% chance to return as Lakers coach next season. That's what the odds say. And staying in the NBA, the Sixers, 4-0 straight up, 3-1 ATS with Harden in the lineup. They had a day off. Now they're seven-point home favorites hosting Chicago. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Monday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Oh, I'm a little riled up today. We got hypocrisy amongst the suit wearers. Imagine that. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddy. There's no proof that Calvin Ridley loves this show. I've heard a couple people say it. <laughs> so we're going to support him, AJ. I think we start there. I think we make it simple. He is the fan who beats the man, AJ Hoff. Well, thank you, RJ. I'll, I'll skip the, uh, the intro then and just say Calvin Ridley suspended for the entirety of next season for allegedly wagering $1,500 on NFL games this season. Okay, now let me think. Who could we compare this to? Oh, look. Let's do Ray Rice. Now, Ray Rice, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, this is my recollection, uh, punched a, <laughs> was it his girlfriend his, or his, his wife? wife? Okay. And lo and behold, it ended up being on security footage. And initially, he got four game suspension. Was that right? Yes. And did, did they reevaluate that, or just no team picked him up? I think that they ended up making it six game. I'll have to look it up oh, to be sure. But okay. I think they, after the. Uh, so, like, yeah. So I'm going to say this I'm going to go four divided by 17. Okay. I'm just doing this in my head with a calculator. 24% of the time. So if he would have punched four women. In four different elevators, it would have been the same as gambling. Yes. Okay. And there's actually a, a pretty recent incident. I don't know if you remember this, but Michael Kendricks, who was the linebacker for the Seahawks, no. he pled guilty to insider trading Okay. and got suspended eight games for that. Okay, so if you illegally trade in stocks, gamble in stocks, you get about half as much of a penalty as if you bet. And, and what we're hearing is $1,500. Yes. And uh, I think you'd play Huey Lewis on Calvin for playing eight-game parlays, too, right? No, because, because, <laughs> because he... Listen, as Tony Soprano would say, it's guys like him that allow us to have the lifestyle we do. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't ever have a problem with amateur... Now, listen... Calvin Ridley would make fun of us running routes, right? That's so, true. So, I mean, we all got our expertise. But I'm telling you right now, here's what makes this even more complicated. So, if you look at the 
NFL players list that's ever been suspended for gambling. In 63, Paul Horning, uh, Alex Karras, I think is how you pronounce that. And then it was 20 years before anyone else was suspended. And anyone over 30 probably remembers Art Sleechter, a guy who was an Ohio State quarterback, was a kind of a golden child, golden boy, and his gambling problem extended well into, you know, by accounts, well into his adulthood. And it, in a way, ruined his NFL career. In 2019, Josh Shaw. Mackenzie, you remember? All right, so. You remember that Josh Shaw situation, the details? Yeah, he was a Bengals backup. He was on injured reserve when he's when he reportedly made these gambles. He was reinstated. He was suspended for a year and reinstated the next year, but never picked up, never played another snap of NFL football. Okay. Because, I mean, and again, th- that's good business or typical business, meaning if you're a troublemaker, even if it's unfairly labeled that way, if you're on the fringe of making the team, why, why bother with it? Right? I mean, that's just basic human thinking. And now Ridley. Okay. There's a couple of issues here. One is what's different now between any time in the past, really, and maybe Josh Shaw would be a little different because it was right after the legalization. But the fact now that the NFL is in bed, either directly or indirectly, with gambling companies, and they are making millions and millions of dollars. And you might say, how is that happening? I'll give you an example. In-game betting. Now, what is that? It's the game has started. It's not the pre-game. Right. It's the game has started. Okay, what's the current odds? Because pretty much after every in any timeout, you can bet any event. If it's a commercial timeout, if it's a timeout by the teams, in some of these events, you can bet even as the games are happening, like in football, in between plays. Will this drive end up a touchdown? Will they score? Uh, you know, who's going to win the game? Over under yards for the quarterback throwing. I mean, the more the bigger games have a smorgasbord of betting that can happen after kickoff, in game or in running. Some call it betting. Okay, so the NFL. You may not know this, and this is the case with the other leagues, too. The thing you're seeing on TV, that that broadcast, is behind by a significant amount. 45 seconds. Sometimes it's even more than that. HD's behind more than standard def. There's like a, a, a litany of delays. Are you familiar with this, yes. Asia? And it's more than you might think, a, a casual fan. Now... Why is that? Well, got to go to the satellite, got to do all the different, and they want to sync it up. But but here's the thing: if you're actually at the stadium, you're ahead by upwards of a minute, and that's why sometimes with this in-game betting, it's a challenge between. Okay, we don't want to put the odds up that account for the play that's already happened, because if it happens quick enough, the play's already happened. So they're waiting, trying to find that sweet spot where okay, because let's be honest. If the sports book is one play ahead, what are they going to do if there's a touchdown on one play? And there's, but for those betting, there's a delay that allows the play to happen right before the touchdown. So you haven't seen the touchdown yet. The touchdowns happen in real life, though. Does the book adjust the odds where it's all of a sudden expensive to bet the team that's going to score the touchdown? Well, a lot of rumors are they do. Right. 
Right. And then, I mean, once that's the case, you can't even bet. You know, a lot of people I know, serious people, only bet on commercial timeouts, even though they have in game options, because they don't trust the book to give the right number. Even if they just skew it by 10 or 15%, it's going to kill you in the long run as a batter. But what we know is there's a delay. The NFL charges the sports books to get the real time feed hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And it ends up being millions and millions of dollars in information data fees. Because without that feed, you can't make your line in time for the play to happen. So they're ahead by only through the licensing of a fee to the NFL. Which, of course, you can be too for the right price. Yeah, yeah, if you wanted to start your own book. But I mean, we're talking, it's not 5,000, we're talking hundreds of yeah. thousands each book. So, this is the way the NFL has figured, listen, in-game betting is important. You can't do it without, without our information. Remember, at the end of the events, you hear uh, descriptions and blah, 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 cannot be used without the express written consent of the NFL. Well, they have a long time been trying to create intellectual property around as much of the game as they can. This isn't about that. This is about the practical ability to get the data, to offer the odds. You can't, be- you can't create in-game odds without this feed, and the NFL is putting that money right in their pocket, as they should. But... They are the NFL is in partnership with sports betting. They are making money. Their financial partners are sports betting companies. And they have a history with Sports Radar, a big company that's been an aggregator of information that acts as a middleman. I, I'm almost certain, and I've read this. And I've read it twice, but then I've heard someone try to buck it. So I'll say this. I strongly suspect, and I'll look into it for tomorrow, that they have ownership in sports radar is my understanding. But let's call that like to be determined. But the financial side of this is not pennies. It's not irrelevant. Mark Cuban was talking about the future of the NBA, and he said the most promising element of it is gambling revenue. That of all the things, that, why would you want to be an NBA owner today? In the future, gambling revenue is going to be a big part of it, but per Mark Cuban billionaire, NBA owner. So this is all leagues, it's the case. So yeah, if you say Paul Horning, gambling's illegal, sports betting's illegal, in 63, you're suspended. That makes a ton of sense. There might have been a hypocrisy there. The NFL knew. They, they once asked Pete Rozelle, they said, if you could snap your fingers and eliminate all gambling on the NFL, would you? He said no. You know, he was in a moment of honesty because they could back then benefit greatly from the interest that gambling generated. Not directly financially, but indirectly, but without, by being, without culpability. They could say, hey, we're not involved. We're not involved, right? Yeah. But now they're involved. And I've preached on that about, okay, that's why we should have uh, the injury reports need to be forthright because people are betting millions based on the injury reports. And here's an example that it's going to really spotlight the hypocrisy of the NFL making millions on gambling, but then suspending four times plus as long a guy for betting recreationally, not trying to hide it. He's named, he, went out, he bet over a weekend. And betting on his own team. Yes, yes. if he was betting against the foul, Pete Rose style. Uh, Josh Shaw bet against the Arizona Cardinals when he was playing for the Arizona Cardinals. That was kind of dumb. He was on the IR. Absolutely Maybe dumb. he should have been cut for <laughs> stupidity. And he lost the bet on top of it. Bozo. you think if you had insider information, it'd be a lot. <laughs> You'd think. All right. But the fact of the matter is, 
I see this as extremely hypocritical to actually say you can't do something that we are making a bunch of money from doing. Eh. I, I get that you're opening Pandora's box if you say, uh, guys, you're just allowed to bet on football whenever you want. I understand the well, reasoning for the What is Pandora's box, though? It, allowing players to just bet on football uh, as they want. But, to, to, but what's the complication of that? It, that someone like Josh, that there's insider okay. info. So now you make it simple. You can't bet against your own team. You can't bet on or against your own team. I don't hate that. I mean, because here's the thing. And this is a subtle point. Even if you only bet on your own team, that's probably a problem. And here's why. You're not going to bet every game on them. So some games you're betting, some that games you're not. And then by not betting, you're kind of saying, yeah, this isn't our spot. Exactly. And it's not only how you're benefiting from the inside information of being on the team. It's also that the bookie taking the bet, if they know who you are, is going to know, oh, look, he didn't bet this game. Thus, it means something. So in a way, it's a message. But I think it's real. Listen, in Nevada, for a long time, you couldn't bet UNLV. Any in-state institution, you couldn't bet for a long, long time. The famous UNLV loss to Duke in 91 in the NCAA tournament, there was no betting in Nevada for that game. You know, it was, uh, I think, about 15 years ago they've allowed that now. Because the theory was it'd be too easy to corrupt the kids that were hanging out. We can debate that. If we make it... You can't if you're a professional athlete or if you collect a paycheck from an NFL team, you can't bet on that team. Also, you can't bet illegally. But if you bet in a regular or maybe even you have to register your betting, meaning that you whenever you any licensed sports book, they would say, okay, hey, I am part of this professional league. Here's my card. And now they've got their track it. The, uh, some integrity company watches what they're doing. Yeah, now, now, now it's like you're going to get, a, you know, we're going to take a good look at what you're doing. But you know what? You don't do anything but bet. We're fine with it. You know, there's a way to do this. And we've seen this before in fight sports, in, in the UFC and in boxing. The guys have bet their fight purses on themselves. Which, like, what did that do? I mean, that, first of all, that's something Dana White encouraged. He, I mean, the, would you agree? And you actually do work for the UFC directly. Would you agree that? Dana White, based in Vegas, has been has understood just like the XFL that gambling is a way to get a nascent sport, a sport that is, let's say, not one of the biggest ones, but then is growing like UFC is now. Gambling is a great way to increase interest in it, of course. It, and he's encouraged it. Absolutely. And, and I mean, literally had you know when we had our local show here in Las Vegas on ESPN Local, there was uh, John Anik used to come on, you know, and Dana White knew, and it was like, yeah, that's great. Let's talk gambling, right? So NFL doesn't need that because they get to benefit from it without saying we're complicit. But they are complicit now that they're making money. Uh, yeah, like you said, once you, once the money starts going in your pocket from the sports books. You're complicit. You can't pretend like you're not. And that's what the NFL is still trying to do. And I do love the idea of someone betting. I mean, like, I would love for two boxers to say, you know something, winner take all. Which is effectively what, if you're betting your purse, that's what you're doing, sure. right? Except you're doing it not with the other guy. I love that idea. I'm not, I haven't thought all the way through the difference from a team and an individual. Because you could also say that individual, if he doesn't bet himself, is a problem if he's always batting himself, right? Yeah. But I don't know. That's a little subtle, but I love them. And don't we all love the idea of a professional athlete not making anything if they lose? Yes. Because then they care as much as we care, Yeah. is the theory. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Mackenzie Rivers, what's your take on this? 
I am enlightened by this conversation because <laughs> my snap reaction was, well, you can't have any NFL betters playing, but I'm like, listening to you, why is that the case? If I'm betting on a team in a different conference, in a different state, how is that any different from McKenzie throwing his opinion out there on who he likes in a particular game? Now, the case can be made, and let's use the analogy well, they, they'd probably have a. I mean, within their inside info, I think the winning percentage would probably be pretty good. <laughs> but but if they're not betting their own team, right? Well, but, and okay. also, Calvin Ridley didn't play in this game. You know, I think it's different if you're if you're betting on a game that you're oh, you're sure. taking part for in. Sure. It's different than a game that you're not playing in, and he didn't play in in, in any of these games. That's an easy thing to to, and it bears stating is if a player is playing in a game now. Again, if he's be- <laughs> that's an interesting question. I don't know that it should be like if you're playing in the game, you shouldn't be allowed to bet on it at all. I but think I, so. I think if you if you aren't playing in it, then what's the harm? The theory is it's all information. We're not talking, I think, about game fixing. I think we're talking about information. Whereas you know, I mean, I know this. I've over the years had more than a few friends in college football. And sometimes it was explicit and sometimes it wasn't. But, you know, I'd call up and I get it. You know, meaning explicit is it they'd say, man, we're getting too many points here. Like they know I'm interested. Or other times it was like, uh, yeah, this could be a tough one. You know, so that, you know, almost Jimmy the Greek style back in the day when they wouldn't put the spreads up, but they would say, yeah, I think it's a blowout, Jim, you know, or uh, <laughs> the, I think in a way we're at the margins here. And it's a great conversation. Where's the line? But let's know the following. The line isn't that you can't make a bet. And I mean, if I'm not mistaken, because you're somehow associated with the league. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, I don't think they're allowed betting sports, even if it's another sport. The NFL, like if the NCAA tournament, the NFL players could not come to Vegas you know, why don't we look that up? I, 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 I know in Roger Goodell's statement, he said that you cannot bet on NFL games if you're if you're an NFL employee. Yeah, well, that's that's what's pertinent here. But I, I mean, I can't imagine they tell NFL players they can't bet on sports at all. Yeah, we'll look into that on the commercial. It's almost I'm almost certain that's the case, or at least that some of the leagues have that. And you know what? Why not? Meaning, from the league's perspective, they get to make the same amount of money. Like if, if somehow you were doing something that a certain percentage thought, let's say you were, I'm just saying, AJ, you were single and you were having oh, premarital sex. Okay. Not in a, let's say you were dating the girl for, for a year, but you know, you're not in the bounds of matrimony. And is that yeah, the bounds? Is that how it's said? Uh, the restraints of matrimony. <laughs> I think you're thinking, <laughs> I think it's some personal info is coming out, but okay. Now is to me, let's say that there was a certain percentage of the audience, it's going to say, or of your audience for whatever you're doing in your life, is going to say, oh, no, no, you should wait. No cohabitation, no premarital sex. And there is a, a significant group that believes that strongly. Now, if you could have all the fun of having premarital sex or cohabitating, which can be fun and sometimes not, <laughs> is do you feel a great need to scream from the mountaintops that you're doing it if it's going to alienate a certain percentage, if you're benefiting from it fully? But if the alternative was either not benefit from it, but to please the people that don't like it, 
you might say, you know something, I'm not willing not to benefit. I'm going to stand strong. And, yeah. But if you could have the, your cake and eat it too, no pun intended. Of course. Wouldn't you? That's, that's what you'd prefer. That's what, the, that's what the NFL is. That's what the NFL gets the benefit from here. They're getting their cake, which is all the money from gambling, and they get to eat it too, which is act sanctimonious about it. Now, this is betting on other sports. This is straight from the NFL. All NFL personnel, other than the players, are further prohibited from placing soliciting or facilitating bets on other professional sports. Okay, so the players are allowed or the pl- and the other personnel are not. Is that correct, McKenzie? Correct, yes. Okay, so the players can, but the other per- – so if you're a secretary at NFL headquarters, <laughs> you can't bet on golf because that would be a sin. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, let's take our first break. We'll wrap this up when we come back. Put a, a, a ribbon on it. With a dollar sign on top, green. Uh, I think we should also maybe talk about how this affects the Falcons next year, who thought they were going to get their best player back. And it brings up one other point we'll get to, which is, and, and this is important, where's the mental health issue in this? Because to me, if you're so erratic or, or so unstable or so mentally whatever, I don't want to say disturbed, that you can't play football, that means we're supposed to be sympathetic to people. Oh, he's got an issue. Well, where's the leniency that would come from someone that has an issue? Boy, that leniency goes out the window when gambling's involved. That's coming up next. But first, he's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. All right, R.J., let's wrap up our conversation on Calvin Ridley suspended for a full year by the NFL for betting on games. Are you, are you trying to stop the weather from being done? No. Wow. So I say in just a minute. No, you didn't say that. Did I not say no. it? Okay, I apologize. So I can't do the weather now. 59, neon is flowing. Thanks. All right. <laughs> I'm going to read something here. Your actions, this is someone else's words, your actions put the integrity of the game at risk, threaten to damage public confidence in professional football. So says Commissioner Goodell. I mean, is the integrity of the league threatened by this any more than they are by guys who use performance-enhancing drugs? Well, here's the thing. I do think that I would be fascinated by all accounts. Ridley gave his uh, ID. I mean, it was a matter of, you know, he hid nothing. Yeah, he could have had his friend or wife or girlfriend, whoever, put the bets in for him. He bet $1,500 in total, right? Now, let's do the math. He was supposed to make $11 million next year. Now, we can debate, well, was he mentally going to be able to? And it brings up an interesting point. Our society, and make this a prediction... And you that you can really count on my confidence level here. I, I don't know if it could be higher about what I'm going to say. And this is a quite the lead up, and I'm doing that on purpose because I feel so strongly about what I'm going to say. Do you know how some people get premonitions? I'm one of them. Well, here's a premonition. We as a society are going to have to very much deal with our inclination to excuse things because of the burdens of the past, a la, hey, 
he was abused. His dad beat on him a lot, so he's a little bit this. Or he was sexually this, and thus there's that. And you know what? I think if a deity came down and told us what the true answer is, I think that almost every mistake that anyone makes, every I don't think we're born evil. No one's born evil, I don't think. So I think that it's usually about circumstances. But in some cases, we don't want to hear about that. Hitler, I don't care what happened to Hitler, right? He was that bad. Okay, I get that. But you think Hitler liked being the way he was? I mean, he might have... You know, you think a little eight-year-old Hitler looked and said, "That's what I want to be one day." Uh, you, know, <laughs> you like homic- to hope not, but homicidal you don't know. killer. Yeah. So, th- it, our minds can't comprehend all of the circumstances, the confluence of events that lead to who we are. We so w- what we've done for generations or for from the beginning of time is not even try to think about it. It's like you are what you are. Go. It, oh, you did something wrong. Go to jail. Get your hand cut off. Whatever it was. But as we become more quote unquote civilized. We are more inclined to want to say, yeah, but here's why we can excuse that. But you know what's interesting? Those excuses don't seem to be just in the where they're applied. Sometimes the excuses matter a ton, and other times we don't want to hear it. Like if a guy hits a girl, a woman, there's no excuse. There's no talk about, well, that's what his dad showed him. And there's certain things women do. Oh, good example is if a woman is, let's say, promiscuous. All right, and maybe there's a reason for that. We don't say, "Oh no, there's the, you know, S L U, you know, words yeah. thrown around." And <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't even know. I think you can. I don't I like to can. say, it's "Yeah, right. I don't do that stuff." I'm so innocent. Well, yeah. Yeah, at least on the radio. But here's the. T- <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you curse. To be honest. Really? No, I've I've heard it many no, times. No, I used. To, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I used I used to like every other word, and then it was like. Once I started doing media, I was like, well, if I get in the habit of that, you know what's funny? For the first time ever, I actually said the SH word on Boston uh, Fox. Whoops. And they d- had to dump me. <laughs> I've never had to be dumped, I don't think, here. So, I mean, that's pretty strong. That's good. I know. But I don't know why in that one that, you know, they got me worked up, maybe. You've got a better track record than I do. I, I have no doubt yeah. about that. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. The fact of the matter is, why doesn't Calvin Ridley get our sympathy? If he was so mentally off that he couldn't play this season and he lost his full salary, but he didn't play, he shouldn't have got it. But I don't think he chose that. It's one thing to choose you want to, you know, skip a practice. I don't think you choose to completely miss on a year's salary when you have a 5-year NFL prime or whatever. The idea that he's not he was so Disturbed, he was so mentally unstable. I don't. It, all that sounds n- so negative. But it, I mean, but it was enough that he walked away from millions of dollars. Yeah, whatever the words are, he walked away from you know eight figures. And couldn't we say maybe the thing that led him to do that is what led him to do something as irrational as like putting his license in to make a bet? And I mean, and and where's the sympathy out there? It seems like we're sympathetic with a lot of things these days, but that seems like an area where if someone's so mentally off, he's given up eight figures not to play a game, 
but now we're going to make him miss the next year and not worry about any mental effect that's going to have on right. him. Right. Suddenly that mental health, we're not worried about that. Doesn't that seem wrong to you? It does seem wrong to me. And it's, I don't, again, I don't know that you can, you can excuse it totally because what he did was against the rules. And I get that. But it is odd that, you know, there's, there's certain times where we feel like, oh man, this guy, it's just something so wrong with him that he, he can't play. It. And, but then he makes another mistake and we say, oh, broke the rules. That's what you get. Yeah, and it seems very draconian. It feels harsh in a way. And I've got a conspiracy theory about why this is. First off, be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Okay, now we've been talking about player empowerment for years, that maybe it's getting out of hand, or at least in some ways out of hand. Could this be conspiracy theory? Could this be perhaps the NFL saying, oh, look, there's somebody that is using the mental health excuse, and this is from, let's say, an unfeeling NFL executive, and now they've made a mistake, you know, because the you know the falcons if i'm not mistaken that ridley money had to like go on their cap i mean let's just say this there's real consequences to a team that has a player just deciding to sit out a year if that's what the way it's perceived right if it was a choice and we can all say it wasn't a choice i don't know i'm going to guess it wasn't or he wouldn't have done it with all that money but the thing is doesn't this feel perhaps like a punishment for what he did last year and telling players, hey, if you want to be in our good graces, you better not be doing all this new modern stuff. That's interesting because they probably treated it just like it was an injury. And he, he like saying he was away from the game because he was hurt. Uh, which mean with the salary cap. Right. Stuff. So what you can argue is fair or not. Uh, but I thought it was interesting well, what Dan assuming Byer. Assuming that's the case, though, that would be very much punishing for the Falcons to have someone yes. do that. Yeah. What I, heard, what I heard Dan just say is the Falcons knew about this on February 9th. Mm-hmm. I wonder why we're hearing about this today. Well, it's not the Falcons' job to decide when to put this out, though. No, well, I'm, I'm saying the NFL. I mean, obviously, if the Falcons knew about so the NFL, why, knew why about today it. exactly? Or why not immediately? Well, yeah, why a month later? Because they want to figure out a way to get their ducks in a row for what I mean, finish their invest. You know, because I think they're rattling off, hey, no one else was involved. I mean, I appreciate that. What are the implications now for the Falcons? Because Calvin Ridley is going to play on his fifth year option this year. Does this year not count towards his service time at all? And next, the I next season, he'll be on his fifth year option. The money won't count. They say now, but, uh, to the cap. But from a contract standpoint, it rolls sure. over to next year. Correct. So yeah. next year, next year would be his fifth year of service time. And yeah, and that's called tolling. It, it, like with contracts, you can T O L L toll if there is a, a state that needs to be reached for a certain amount of time. If the state's not reached, it will stop the clock on it in a way. Okay. So, um, I, you know, to me. It, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on here, and we can all shrug. And I think there's nothing worse than being okay with hypocrisy because that means there's no end to it. You know, we can all quote Michael Corleone in Godfather 2 and say, Senator, we're still, we both live under the same hypocrisy. Oh, that was horrible. But I don't think it's just okay. And I get why the NFL does it. You know why? Because they're able to do it. A couple years ago, I was on with Colin, and it was before the Raiders moved to Vegas, and it was like they were letting the Raiders move to Vegas. It was just happening at the time, and it, but they were still acting so anti-gambling. But next, uh, great point. But and nothing. Hey, give those books credit. It's the NFL that's doing right. this, and it does bring up one last point. 
And, and you know, I'm going to tease this one. This story explains why all the arguments against legalized betting are BS. And I can explain it in one sentence. I could do it now, but I'm going to wait. That's coming up next. But first, he's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Well, we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. All right, R.J., you said one sentence to put a ribbon on the Calvin Ridley conversation. I didn't say that. I said I could. Oh, you're right. I okay. could. <laughs> I don't do everything I can do, A.J. <laughs> but I, I'll say it succinctly. And then we got this pretty amazing conference tournament trend. Two occurrences tonight, 57% in the last 17 years. But maybe you shouldn't bet it. Imagine that. That's a good tease. A good tease. All right. Here's my last thought is you got to wonder, I don't know, wrap up your thoughts on, I mean, what do you think of the whole story, I guess? I feel bad for Calvin Ridley because we're not going to hear his entirety, like his side of the story. It seems like the punishment was decided and now he's having to go to Twitter to explain himself. But I think a guy who was away from the game for mental health. what he's health, saying on Twitter is, hey, I did wrong, but this is way too much. He, he feels like it's, it's, and it does feel overblown to me. For a guy it who does. bet $1,500 and wasn't like betting against his own team and wasn't playing in the games, it does seem like overkill to me. I agree. And it's hypocritical. But you know what this proves? Is that sports betting decreases corruption if sports betting is legal. Legal sports betting decreases corruption. And what did I say and what have I said for years and years and years and years? Is betting is going to happen regardless. Sports betting. It can either be legal or it can be gray slash illegal. If it's illegal, the people taking the bets have no relationship and no motivation to report anything that's wrong. If they see Ill, uh, uh, illicit type bets, oh, this looks funny, there's nothing for them to do because they don't care. They don't want to even be on the radar of the authorities. Well, if you think Ridley, what he did was egregious, if it was horrible, if that's what you believe, then you should be applauding the legalized bet takers who took his bet and then snitched him out. Now, snitch might be a pejorative term. Okay, who reported him? Fair. Whatever side you're on. And I think if they're supposed to report, they should. That's their job. And Ridley's job is to not be so dumb as a bet with his own name. But the fact that he has to deceive to bet 1500 bucks shows the absurdity of all this. But no one can debate. If he had bet with an illegal bookie, we would have no idea. And the atrocity of Ridley, he would be running free. He could play next year. And how wrong would that be? And he'd have $11 million more million in his but, pocket. But, but, but they, the, the evil of his betting would not have been punished. That's right. I don't know if you can tell. I'm being sarcastic. I, can, I feel it. You feel it? <laughs> I feel it. So whatever side you're on, you lose. Right? If you're on our side, this is hypocritical. Grow up, NFL. But you know who's going to force the NFL to grow up? People, by stopping believing the hypocrisy. All right? Let's do your part in that. But if you are anti-gambling generally, and you're a sane person, understands you can't eliminate it, then this is the best option proven once again.
Pretty strong, AJ, don't you? I agree. Have you heard anyone else say that? No. Hmm. What would happen if I wasn't on the radio? It would go unsaid. It probably would. Except I'd tweet more. Yeah, that's fair. At RJ in Vegas. (laughs) All right, let's go to college basketball. Coach K, a little scurkuffle or something after. The thing that throws me about, so didn't shake hands. Uh, what was he upset about? He was upset that it was his last regular season basketball game and North Carolina put it to him. Well, I kind of like if that's the case. I mean, I like him being upset. I don't want some valid victory going around waving. I want to, I want to see you upset. I agree, but I'd like a little sportsmanship out the door. Mm, I, listen, there's enough sportsmanship out there. <laughs> I think there should be more like people fighting and clawing to win. All right, check this out. Is If you go to conference tournament finals since 2005, so it's the last game, and it's at a neutral site, okay, is they have gone under the total since 2005, 57% of the time. That's 172 overs, 226 unders, 12 pushes. AJ, there's two games tonight that meet this criteria. Yeah, the SoCon final between Chattanooga and Furman. The total is 137. Unfortunately, it opened at 143 and a half. And that's what's happened. And we've told you this before. Whenever betting becomes, or whenever a system or an approach to betting is a established winner, publicly and people become aware of it people bet it to such a degree that the value gets sucked out of it and you know how we can prove that is if you look at the closing number the number you'd bet right before the game from 2018 on with this system it's exactly 38 and 38 but if you had bet the opening number what was the record there mckenzie 47 unders out of 77 games. And what's the win percentage? 61%. So think about that. The system has done better with the opening number than it has for all those 15 years, 57% versus over 60. But because everyone knows about this now, because it shows like this, people bet it, bet it, bet it. So I'm saying don't bet it, but look, look for the next time it happens, which will be tomorrow, right? And bet it when it opens. Don't be late to the party. And you've got value there under conference tournament finals neutral site. Too late for tonight, though. If you missed any of today's show, including a detailed breakdown of what happened with Calvin Ridley, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. We'll give you some conference tournament previews. Yes, we're going to really, and some picks. Yep, he's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!